Cowabunga dudes and dudettes, and welcome to a very special edition of Turtle Flakes, as today we have the great privilege of talking to a legendary Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic writer and artist. This man has been writing for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for over 20 years, and he's written and penciled alongside Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird in the very first volume of the Mirage TMNT comics. He's written and penciled the entire second volume of the TMNT comics of the early 90s, and was heavily involved in both volumes of the Tales of the TMNT. And he's also responsible for creating one of our all-time favorite villains, the Rat King. <laughs> uh, he's also co-created with Peter Laird a science fiction graphic novel trilogy called Planet Racers, has written and penciled his own uh, comic titled Paleo, Tales of the Cretaceous. Did I say that right, Jim? Yep, Tales of the Late Cretaceous. Yeah. All right, I said it right, all right. <laughs> uh, and is currently writing and penciling a comic series called Dragonfly, which was recently funded on Kickstarter. Ladies and gents... We give you one of our favorite comic writers of all time, Jim Lawson. How are you, Jim? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Sorry for that long-winded introduction. That, that, was, that was a great introduction, man. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, man. Excellent job, Rob. <laughs> well, I try, I try. Uh, well, first of all, it's a complete honor to, to have you on the show. I mean, as a fanboy, uh, this is a dream come true for me and, and Josh. Uh, but uh, we'll start from the very beginning. So, so uh, Mr. Lawson, how did you get into the comic book industry? Let's see. Well, I, I went to art school um, way, way back. Uh, I, I, w- I was a comic reader when I was a kid, much, much younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I kind of got out of it and uh, knew, though, that I wanted to pursue an art career. I went to art school. I got a bachelor's degree in illustration. I was thinking at the time I would probably be, you know, more like an editorial illustrator, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, along the lines of Brad Holland back, back then. You know, in school, I, I, I met a guy, and uh, he was showing me some of the comics he did, and and it was it was pretty intriguing. And my my style has always been pretty cartoony, so mm-hmm. uh, that that kind of got the wheels turning. And then when I graduated art school, I went back to work at a job I'd done previously, which was just in like uh, doing like ad layout and paste up. Back then, everything was like pasted up for a local newspaper and through a friend of mine. She was a, a Spanish teacher in the high school I went to, and she knew Pete's wife, Janine, and she uh, just told me that she, she had this guy who, along with his partner, this was Kevin and Pete back in the day, had uh, just started this comic book and were having some crazy success with it, and it was nothing I'd ever heard of before. So through her, I kind of arranged to meet Kevin and Pete. They were living very locally to me at the time down in Connecticut. And uh, went over there with my portfolio, met at the, uh, them at the apartment that Kevin and Steve Levine were sharing at the time, and Pete was there as well, and, and they were just these great guys, and they were having this kind of crazy, wacky <laughs> lifestyle, just doing this really bizarre comic, and <laughs> it, it, it was nutty. I'd never seen anything like it, and they were just a great bunch of guys, and, and I think it might have been at that very first meeting they offered me some uh, inking work, along with a guy, I don't know, way, way, way back, I think uh, this thing had run as a backup story in a couple of issues called Prime Slime Tales, and 
the guy's name was Tony Basilicato, I think, and he had these characters, and they just wondered if I wanted to ink ink some stories of Tony's, and and of course I agreed to it, and that's kind of how it all started. So, so you know, you kind of mentioned about the the bizarre um, concept. Uh, so, you know, this is actually a, a friend of mine, Landon. He had a question for you. You know, he wanted to know, you know, what your first impression of the concept of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was. I mean, that, that sounds like such a ridiculous title, but. Uh... <laughs> You know, yeah, it was it it was really really appealing to me. You know, I, I guess that you could have these such strange kind of characters, nothing I'd ever really seen before, and it was kind of you know the book was pretty kind of dark and and uh, gritty, I guess grittier at the time, and it, it was it was mind blowing to me. Uh, I, I just thought it was the the coolest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> well, it's it's funny that you mentioned dark and gritty because. Uh... One of my favorite things about your art style is your use of textures and shadows. Mm-hmm. I was always really impressed with that. And uh, I was just wondering about, you know, using black and white as opposed to color. Uh, do you prefer using black and white? Um, and is it more of a challenge to you than color? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I started off, black, black and white was easier for me to kind of wrap my head around. I'd never really considered myself a strong colorist. So, so for me, it was just basically kind of focusing, concentrating on the drawing only, I guess, if that makes sense. Uh, and, and I really liked that. Back, back then, you know, they were using the duo shade paper. It was just great. You know, color to me was, well, like I said, I guess something I, I guess I'd say un- uncomfortable with or, or is too. So, you know, the, the black and white was just totally natural for me. And, and a matter of fact, you know, even up until recently, I... I felt personally I've kind of resisted color, you know, maybe just not having a lot of confidence with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, in all the years that, that followed, um, you know, the computer coloring kind of came into being and I'm kind of a, I guess I call myself a technophobe as well. <laughs> and, and it was just, it, it was just too much for me to learn. You know, the guys in the studio were, were, you know, all embracing Photoshop and coloring with that. And for the longest time I, I resisted it. Up until recently, I'd say probably within the past couple of years, I've kind of forced myself to learn how to use it. And, and now I, I have to say, talking about today, I really like it. It's, it's something new to me. You know, maybe I just had to wait until it was the right time personally. But uh, I, I love coloring now. I love it. It's very, very slow, which is the only <laughs> bad thing. You know, it can take me, you know, a couple of days to, to color like a single page. But it's, it's a blast and... Uh, you know, I, I think the results kind of speak for themselves. You know, uh, coloring on the computer is really the way to go right now. I mean, I still play with the, you know, a lot of the commission work I do now. Uh, maybe not a lot, but some of it is is colored. And, you know, I use watercolors for that. And, you know, I'm really kind of getting used to it now and enjoying it. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, uh, is that a lot of, um, is that computerized, the coloring that uh, is on your Facebook page? Big majority of it is. Yeah. Well, that, that looks yeah. great. I'll tell you what. Cool. That, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I usually <laughs> save those and put them as uh, my desktop wallpaper. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, so let me ask you this. You know, as a writer for the original TMNT comics uh, during the turtle craze of the late 80s and the, the early 90s, uh, what did you think of the cartoon show at the time? That was probably like the old Fred Wolf stuff. And Fred yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think I started off watching it pretty regularly, you know, just because it was uh, so trippy to me in this kind of new <laughs> medium and new take on the Turtles. Um, I, I got to say, though, that I wasn't 
a regular follower, and I think mm-hmm. after after a while, I kind of uh, more or less stopped. So if you guys have any questions regarding the cartoon show, it's it's really going to be difficult. For oh me no, to, to know what's <laughs> going on. But but yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, I've always heard these rumors, you know, that, that uh, Eastman and Laird or maybe one of them or maybe both of them weren't big fans of the show. Is that is that true? Don't know. You know, I know it ended maybe not so good, mm-hmm. but but during the actual run of the show, yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't think, this is just me saying, my, my perception of it was that either of them followed the show too regularly. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure what maybe what could be attributed to that. Whether uh, I, I think it was probably a sillier, maybe more childlike, goofier oh, yeah. take on the turtles that that maybe you know they didn't dig so much. Right, the surfer style turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, and the cowabunga and stuff, and you know every everything to a degree. You know, probably had it, its marketing kind of aspect to it too, where they were wanting to promote. You know, different characters in the toy line oh, and true. vehicles. That's one thing Rob and I frequently talk about with the Turtles is that, you know, the the 88 cartoon series uh, all the way up until, um, I mean, as compared to the original comics and maybe some of the movies, there's always been a gradient of how serious or how lighthearted the Turtles are, uh, how action-oriented or how comedy-oriented they are. Uh, and it's always been really neat to see that in different mediums. And uh, I think one of one of the things that we, Rob and I like so much about the comic book is that there's a large variance in you know the stories as far as uh, how funny they are, how serious they are. Um, do you have a preference as to if you like to do more funny stuff or more serious stuff, or do you like to mix it up uh, personally? I, I don't know if this is an answer or not. I, I think I like the more serious stuff, mm-hmm. but I do love like uh, you know humor interjected into that type thing you know mm-hmm. I, I think the stuff i write myself i try and uh you know i like i like hardcore action i like uh that kind of thing but you know i i like you know a little bit of humor some joking going on there as well mm-hmm. well it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh well rob and i were uh both uh reading some of comics just to catch up you know before the <laughs> interview and uh i think one of one of my favorites <laughs> is little orphan aliens <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one. That was that was hilarious, and and Rob really likes uh, the Path, right, Rob? Oh, huge Path fan. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard you talk about that on the uh, podcast before. Yeah, yeah, they're polar opposites, really, but <laughs> both really enjoy them. <laughs> I, I mean, in the Dragonfly book I'm doing now, you know, I I just wanted to have fun, so the mm-hmm. stuff is kind of. Um, you know, of course, it's not turtles, but you know, it, it's kind of silly stories, and you know, I wanted with that book to be able to like put in whatever I felt like. I, I love dinosaurs, so there's dinosaurs in there. But, you know, in this uh, latest one, I just penciled, you know, there's a robot in there. And I just wanted to be able to hmm. throw in, you know, anything I felt like, you know, just to keep things goofy and fun, right. you know. <laughs> the Dragonfly, that was uh, recently funded on uh, Kickstarter and everything. How many mm-hmm. issues are you into that series now? There, there's the um, original issue, which I think is like 82 pages. It's, it's kind of a graphic novel. Oh, then wow. I followed that up with a uh, single issue. Uh, I'll call it issue two, and it's a 28-page story. Um, I just, you know, I, I did it a, probably a little over a year ago, and it sat on a shelf behind mm-hmm. me for a long time, and I was just like, ah, oh, you know, I got, I got to get this thing out in front of some eyes and, and at least keep some interest going. So I've been posting the pages from that on my Facebook page, and I just finished yesterday posting the last page. 
and I'm working on issue three right now. I'm I'm looking at it right here, and it's all penciled and. Oh wow! I'm I'm inking now, and I'm up to page seven. So wow! I I haven't gotten to read it yet, but man, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so going back to uh, Eastman and Laird, you mentioned them. What were they like? Yeah. I mean, you know, their personalities. What were they like uh, working alongside of them? Well, um, there there's a little bit of an age difference. Pete, Pete is older. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete's going to turn sixty, I think, on Monday. Kevin, I'm not sure how old he is. He's younger than me. Um, Pete, let's see, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of a quiet guy, kind of solitary, mm-hmm. quiet, thoughtful, kind of more the, more the intellectual. I know he has a voracious appetite for reading books. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin, on the other hand, uh, you know, he's kind of younger, you know, back in the heyday. I think he was, he was quite the partier, <laughs> uh, you know, very social. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, it seemed like, knew him or wanted to hang out with him. He's the party dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's the party dude. So I wanted to go back to something you said earlier about uh, when you were doing your um, uh, the new Kickstarter comic uh, that we were talking about, Firefly, how you like to keep things interesting and uh, keep things fun. You could throw anything that you wanted to in there. Um, one of the questions that we had was, uh, you know, what was it like playing in the in the Ninja Turtles universe? Did you have a lot of guidance or restriction as to what you could do? The answer to that question is probably no. I mean, volume two, you know, Kevin and Pete, I think we're pretty much hands off in those days. You know, it's hard for me to remember the exact process, but uh, my my recollection is, you know, more or less, uh, it was it was me kind of like doing the storylines, uh, you know, dialoguing the books, et cetera. You know, I, I don't know, I can't really remember to what degree Pete had approval over what I was doing, and Pete was the one involved at that time. Can I ask you this, you know, were you more yeah. of a, a writer first and then an artist, or do you think you're more of an artist first, or, you know, what, what do you feel the most comfortable doing? Definitely an artist first. Yeah. You're quite the writer, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that's a huge high compliment to me, and and that's something that has kind of developed over the time I've been with the property. Uh, writing more and more, geez, I I really appreciate that because I I often wonder, you know, how how good my writing is. I I just will say that I love writing, and I don't know, coming up with an idea or a storyline. I mean, when you write something and it comes out, it, it's, it's just the best feeling. I, I, I love that part of the book. So hopefully I'm, I'm more like half and half now. But uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely yeah. shows. I'll tell you, I actually didn't. Now, this is this is my ignorance here, but when I first read The Path, uh, I, I was kind of new to the comics because I was a huge, huge fan of, uh, of course, uh, the, the cartoon from the 80s. And then, you know, I, I read a little bit of the Archie comics, and I believe you were part of that as well, too, the... Yeah, Archie. I did work on the Archie comics. Yeah. Oh yeah, loved those as a kid. But see, I never read. <laughs> oh, but no, I mean, I still love them today. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but I went back and I was reading some of the the newer stuff that uh, at the time in 2005. And when I first read the Path, I thought you were just a writer. And I said, and and when I first read the comic book, this is I'm going to say this on the show. I cried. Uh, <laughs> I got I got so teary eyed. I said, "This is such a well written story." And then I was like, "Whoa, who's the artist?" Because you know the art just fit perfectly with the story. Wow. 
And then yeah. it was you for both. And I was like, whoa, who is this guy? And then uh, I went back and I started <laughs> reading all of your work. And uh, that story alone just sold me. And it was all from the writing itself first. Wow, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, uh, once again, I really appreciate it. You know, when, when you're writing, I have this thing where, uh, you know, you, you have this idea in your head. Mm-hmm. And, and so you write it, you get everything down. Then I'm like, it, it's so obvious to me. You know, because I came up with the idea, I know, you know, what's in the story and what's happening, but, you know, translating that mm-hmm. to the people that are reading it, I'm like, you know, obviously to me, I know exactly what's going on, but mm-hmm. to the person, the poor person reading it, I, you know, I just <laughs> want everything to be kind of understandable. And so I have to agree with you, uh, Rob, you know, I was, I was really impressed with, with the path as well. And kind of like you were saying, it's, it's hard to know what you're conveying to the readers. And to yeah. a certain degree, I think with your artwork, the fact that it's black and white and mm-hmm. you put a lot of detail into things, but at the same time, some things are left to question and it kind of makes you think a little bit more about it, you know? And mm-hmm. it, I think that, that there's value in that and trying to, trying to discern, you know, what you're, what you're trying to tell in the story and mm-hmm. then the fact that it could mean two different things. And, yeah. uh, I just, I'm always impressed that, um, you know, uh, ever pretty much everyone involved in the in the turtles series they're able to take the turtles in new and different directions there's always more interesting stories to tell so it's not the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. and uh it's i mean if it wasn't for that you know we wouldn't still be talking about the turtles today so we just yeah. wanted to say we we really appreciate and admire that and Absolutely. uh it was an awesome issue mm-hmm. <laughs> cool good so, so about that issue, I wanted to uh, ask you, did something inspire you to write that story about Mikey and Clunk? I mean, did, what, what, did you have a similar experience or, uh, you know, are you an animal lover or, you know, what, what's, what, because uh, that seems so different, that issue from a lot of the other tales of the TMNT issues, you know, because there's no, there's no central villain, there's no fast paced, high octane action. It's just kind of a yeah. heartfelt story. Well, Rob, you know, I, I don't know. At, at the time, well, to answer your first question, yeah, I am an animal lover. Uh, you know, right now, I, I've got two dogs. <laughs> I've got a cat at home. I've, I've always had animals. You know, I don't know. I, I can remember thinking that, you know, whatever happened to Clunk or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the death of Clunk had never really been dealt with. So I kind of wanted to do a story about that. You know, I've had a few heartbreaking loss of animal uh, uh, situations in my life. You know, probably the most recent and devastating, you know, happened after I wrote that. You know, I lost this dog that I was oh. really close to a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. But, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat there. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I can't really give, like, some kind of root cause or, or uh, overwhelming thing that I was going through at the time that, that led me to uh, write that issue. You know, it just seemed like something... You know, I, I like kind of getting into the turtles' heads and emotions, and that seemed like a really kind of good storyline in which to do that. You know, maybe after seeing the finished product, were, were you really proud of that particular comic? Yeah, I really liked it. As I look at it now, there's like... Uh, the artwork is really, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I might have gone too far in, like, kind of this, I do this weird kind of, what, what should I call it, like a texture, you know, kind of mm-hmm. this kind of scritchy kind of textural thing, and mm-hmm. as I look at it now, I'm like, oh, boy, you know, I'm <laughs> a little too, too heavy on that. No, no, it's perfect. No, no to, us, to us, that is Jim Lawson. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, how you like to get in the heads of the turtles, you know, and I, I guess working with them for so long. Let, let me ask you this. Is there a particular turtle? Because, you know, they, they all kind of represent different personalities. Is there a particular turtle that you feel like you're similar to? You know, I, I always 
relate to maybe Leonardo. I mean, mm. me personally, I think of myself as kind of an insecure guy, or at least what I I think I do to myself is I kind of second guess myself mm. a lot. You know, I think it goes on the lines of like self doubt and things like that. Right. And I found that Leonardo is kind of uh, you know quote unquote the leader of the turtles. Mm. You know, you know there he he would probably carry some of that aspect of of that with him, you know, just because of all the responsibility he has on his shoulders. Right. Uh, so I think some of my stories maybe kind of get into that a little bit where it's just second guessing decisions, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, stuff like that. So, so there, there definitely is that, that closest to Leonardo that I feel, you know, I've always loved Michelangelo too, because he's like this happy guy. (laughs) And I think that's kind of what I aspire to be. Yeah, you know, that's the thing about Leonardo. I think a lot of people forget, you know, that all the weight is on his shoulders and that, it's not easy to be a leader, and you've got to make these really, really tough choices. And I think a lot of times, especially in the original cartoon, that that particular characteristic of Leonardo is never really displayed much. But in the comics, you see it. You know, you see that you know behind the scenes, Leo's definitely struggling with this leadership thing, always second guessing, always kind of doubting, and, and always wants to do the right thing. But you know, since there's so much responsibility um, put on that, it, it can be very um, scary. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a part of Leo. See, when I was a kid, I always thought Leo was the goody-goody. But the more comics I've read, the more I, I can definitely understand that. You know, as far as I understand, you came up with and created the character of the Rat King. And, uh, <laughs> you know, did you, did you have a lot of fun with that? And uh, where did the idea come from? Yeah, you know, that, that was um, in the first series of Tales. Uh, when when that, that guy first showed up, you know, he was just, I, you know, once again, it's me kind of like wanting to explore, you know, psyche, you know, a person's psyche or, or emotions. And, you know, I just had this kind of guy who was basically a homeless guy living in this where this old abandoned warehouse complex. And, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, forsaken his humanity and he was so delusional, I guess, that, that he no longer even thought of himself as human. He was, uh, you know, the, the title of the story was I Monster, and he thought of himself as some kind of monster or some kind of creature. At the end of the story, the character, the racking character, you know, falls into this pit, and, you know, there are all these rats in the complex as well. And in the beginning of the story, he viewed them as his enemy, but, you know, when he fell into this pit, you know, they they kind of more, I guess, for lack of a better word, embraced him, and, and he was just like, oh, now I'm king of the rats. And so, you know, racking kind of developed uh, from from that. Oh, that's cool. So do you have any non-turtle characters you really like from the series besides the racking? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe Casey Jones or... Uh... Yeah. I, I, I always love Casey. It's, it's funny, uh, in each... Each time someone has has done like a Casey story, uh, mm-hmm. it seems like Casey changes a little bit from the way you know Kevin first originally drew him to you know all the all the guys that have done Casey stories you mm-hmm. know from from the beginning to now. And my my Casey is kind of this kind of long haired guy, you know, more or less kept the same personality. The the physical you know quality of the guy has changed. And, right, right. Uh, Eric Eric Talbot was in here a couple of years ago, and he he was kind of looking at my Casey, and he's just like. The thing with Casey is, like, everybody just does it kind of as a reflection of themselves. So it's like, if I, you know, my version of Casey is basically me, I guess, is what he was trying to say. Oh, wow. Which I thought was pretty pretty funny and kind of insightful. But, yeah, I, I love Casey. Uh, 
and and uh, you created uh, the character Shadow too, which was Casey's uh, adopted daughter. Was right, adopted daughter. Yep, yep. She was part of the storyline, I guess, of Volume Two. Yeah. Okay, and why, why did you decide to create her? Wow, that's a tough question. You know, I know Casey met this woman uh, Gabrielle, and they mm. they were like living together at the time. Casey and April had split up. Um, and I'm not. Wow, I can't really say as to like why. I brought her in, you know, other than I, I guess it would kind of be fun to introduce a new character and have Casey kind of uh, interacting with a child. And, you know, I think it was part of a whole growth storyline where Casey was kind of uh, becoming more mature. Mm-hmm. And and it just seemed like an appropriate thing to have him actually uh, become a father. Yeah, I think it said a lot about Casey's character that he would adopt a child that wasn't even his own yeah. uh, and accept that child, even though the woman that he loved had had it with another man. So I... Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> cool, good. Uh, another listener wanted to know, uh, what was it like to work on the, the new fan comic Odyssey and uh, Mighty Mute Animals? The Mighty Mute Animals, I, I, yeah, I did some stuff with them. Boy, that's kind of lost in, in my brain. It's, <laughs> it's the, same, the same period when I was doing Archie stuff, uh, and that was working with uh, a writer, Steve Murphy, um, which was a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Let's go to the Odyssey book. Uh, Andrew Modine's thing. It's it's funny. I heard that's been a long, long time in the works. <laughs> I, I gotta hand it to him for sticking with it all these years. Uh, you know the way I worked with that is, uh, you know, he would give me a little batch of pages. I do them, and then there'd be a period of time where he had no money, and then you know I hear from him, and he had another little batch of pages to do. So it's just been. It's kind of. I think it's been years. Since hmm. I started that, it's it's been fun. As a matter of fact, I just heard from him the other day after uh, delivering the last batch of pages to him. Probably back last summer, uh, I heard from him a couple of days ago that he has one more page that he wants me to do. Oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's pretty trippy. Of course, it's it's Andrew's take on the turtles, and there's a, a lot of time traveling going on. Been cool. I'm I'm grateful for the work uh, to be able to. Uh, draw these guys still. You know, what was the difference, you know, I'm just kind of curious, what was the difference between working, say, for Archie and for Mirage? You know, were there any main differences in, you know, the way production works or anything like that? Or You know, it was through Steve Murphy. I think he was writing under the pseudonym Dean Chlorine back at the time. I, I guess there really wasn't a whole lot of difference, you know, other than, you know, none of the, none of the story, well... I was going to say none of the storylines were coming from me, mm-hmm. you know, where where I was more involved with that, with the Mirage work. Yeah, in, you know, a, a real cartoony style mm-hmm. um, on the Archie books. Yeah, those are the ones I remember growing up. <laughs> I'd get them at yeah. the dollar store. I was like, yeah, I got my Archie books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, a lot sillier with, you know, these crazy, you know, characters. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I, I think of the Mirage work is, I want to say, more realistic, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, you get, it was a huge transition for me. You know, you go from the, the, the Archie comics and stuff, and then all these years later, I, I went back and started reading the, the, the original stuff, the, you know, the, the first stuff that came out. And boy, yeah. that, that, that first time I read the first issue, uh, wow, what a difference. <laughs> so your introduction to Turtle Comics was through the Archie comics. It, it really was. It really was. Yeah. Um, I remember, yeah. and it was actually one of the first ones I had ever read. Uh, my dad was taking me out to see the, the first Ninja Turtles film, the one from 1990. And right after that, I think you, I don't know if you penciled the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure that uh, they, they made a comic, Archie made a comic adaptation of the movie. And I, were, did you do the artwork for the cover for that? 
yeah, I did actually. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because um, I remember, uh, you know, going back all these years, I looked back at that comic, and that was the same one that I remember reading. I was like, wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so I finally went back and just started reading the originals. And, uh, you know, I, li- I love both for their own reasons. Could you give any advice to comic book artists or, or writers who are trying to break into the comic book industry? That is a really tough one. Mm-hmm. You, you know, guys, with me, you know, I, I think I was lucky. I was just mm-hmm. in the right place at the right time. And, and it was so long ago. You know, I don't, I don't know how much is different now. You know, when people would ask me up until recently, you know, Pete, Pete had this foundation started called Zurich, and they would take, uh, you know, create our own properties, you know, what, whatever, a little comic you would want to do and submit it to Zurich, and uh, they had a, a selection process. There was a, a panel that, that picked the best, and, and they would get grants mm-hmm. to publish their own work. Man, nowadays... You know, everything is like social media and web right. presence. You know, do you have a Deviant Art page or a website? It's tough, man. Mm-hmm. You know, just because everybody is exposed to so much now, mm-hmm. and so many people are out there struggling to get their uh, things printed, or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess you could do, you know, a webcomic. You don't have to actually have a physical printing of the book. I, I don't know how the heck you get eyes on your your stuff or get a buzz going you know it's it's like lightning in a bottle really so it's 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 a struggle and i'm kind of going through that myself you know like how do you how do you get people wanting your stuff you know for me the kickstarter thing worked i I got funded but the initial whatever it was 115 orders Mm -hmm. and then beyond that you know I, i put dragonfly for sale up on amazon but i've only sold a few copies there it's it's tough, man. It's a tough field. If you can if you can make it work, you're one of the very few. Uh, at the studio here, me and the guys, you know, we kind of joke around. You know, oh, you know, want to be a comic book artist? Well, you know, there's as much demand you know for comic book artists as there are for Zeppelin pilots. That's what we always <laughs> say, but yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's really hard. It's really hard. Right. And do it, I, you know, I just admire that. As, as far as, uh, as far as I understand, you're not currently involved with doing uh, an ongoing Turtles series, is that right? Um, IDW approaches me every once in a while, very, very, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, n- not very often, but, but semi-regularly. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at a cover right here they asked me to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I pick up work from them occasionally, which is great. Um, this cover I'm looking at right now is TMNT Series Classics Volume 8. It, it's pretty cool. Uh, uh, so you wouldn't be opposed, you know, say if uh, Eastman approached you to write a story for IDW uh, for the Turtles, you wouldn't be opposed to doing that, would you? Oh, absolutely not. And, awesome. and as a matter of fact, I heard from uh, the editor, Bobby Kernow, over there. Mm-hmm. And for the 30th anniversary of the Turtles, they're putting together, I, I hope I can talk about this, they're putting together some kind of... Uh, book that I think is going to kind of like touch on the different eras of the Turtles. Ooh. So, for example, I know Kevin is doing a story, and then I think there's going to be an Archie Turtle story, and IDW actually asked me to do a seven-page story for that volume. Bobby told me that I'm the only person who is going to be doing everything on their story, so I'll be I'll be writing it, I'll be drawing it. Oh, yeah, man, so I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's really cool. I did up a seven-page story and uh, sent it in. Well, it's funny. I did two. I did, I did one story, sent it in to him, and uh, 
Uh, Bobby seemed, seemed to think it was a little too, I think he called it macabre. No. <laughs> for, uh, he didn't think Nick, Nick would approve it, so I wrote a second seven-page story and sent it in, and uh, he liked that much better. So uh, based on his gut, I'm, he's going to submit the second story I uh you know, I gave him, and, oh, and hopefully uh, Nick will approve it and we'll run with it. Oh, that sounds So great. there actually is going to be a new a new Jim Lawson Turtle story coming out. Oh, great. That's awesome. great to know. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just seven pages. <laughs> oh, that's good. But still, it's good, yeah. Uh, well, it's good to see you back. So... <laughs> Uh, let, let, let me ask you this, you know, after being such a monumental part of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series for so long, what does yeah. the Ninja Turtle franchise mean to you personally? You know, it, it's been everything to me, guys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been my whole comic career. I, I think I read somewhere where I've drawn the same characters for the longest period of time than any other comic book artist that they knew of. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, these, these guys are like family to me. I, I feel incredibly close to them. The opportunities I've been given through, like I said, kind of like dumb luck, just through like, you know, hooking up and meeting with these guys. Right. All, the whole studio atmosphere outside of the actual, you know, turtle characters, the, the people I've worked with here at Mirage, you know, they, they were like family. It's, it's been absolutely incredible. Well, I, I just wanted to wrap up and say, uh, I was looking on your uh, your website. Is it uh, Jim Lawson Illustration? Yeah. Uh, so jimlawsonart.com and uh, I was just reading on there about what you had to say about the turtles and uh, and you had said that you love the characters uh, after drawing them for 20 years and that you hope that that comes through in your artwork and uh, Rob and I just wanted to say that it absolutely does and we really appreciate your artwork and that uh, that you love and respect the turtles uh, as much or more than all of us fans do (laughs) well I I really appreciate uh, I I appreciate you guys uh, and, and all the fans you know, that, that's been a really amazing part of this, you know, the Turtles as well, is that the, the fans, uh, you know, even, even to this day, you know, years after uh, Mirage sold the property, it's, it's, it's overwhelming what, you know, they're kind of a cultural icon, yeah, but, you know, there is a group of people out there that, I don't, it seems like they're as into the Turtles now as, as, you know, when I first started, it's, it's been amazing, really, really a cool thing. Yeah, nerds like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, Jim, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been an absolute uh, dream come true for me uh, as a fan, and uh, and I know Josh feels the same way. Absolutely. It's been a blessing, man, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk with us. Uh, no, no problem, you guys. I was happy to do it, and uh, yeah, I appreciate this opportunity to talk.